Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we seek to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. Jay Jones, here with George Mays. Well, George, we're back for Free For All Friday time. Here we are. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. It's been a few weeks since um, we did a Free For All. This episode, I think this will be a good episode for kind of to pitch our conference a little bit. Uh-huh. Well, I think what we're going to talk about when we get a little more serious uh, we'll talk about. We're going to talk about some open <laughs> theism stuff, and then we had a person uh, comment a question. It was uh, a little uh, disingenuous, if you ask me, the way that the question was phrased. But um, and we'll 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 answer that, uh-huh. and then we'll get into uh, we'll get on the rabbit hole bit. Okay. All yeah, right? we're going to talk some uh, some theology today. Yeah. So, but I know before we do that, you got shenanigans for me. Well, I mean, it's uh, not. I wouldn't call it shenanigans. I just I thought I saw this and uh, thought it was pretty funny. I've been holding on to this for <laughs> probably a month and a half, Jay. For just the right time. Yeah, and we well we haven't had a, we haven't had a free for all. What's the, the last one? We, the last one we did was uh, when we were we were walking through Ligonier's uh, state of theology. It's been a couple weeks ago, and that's been, that's been mm-hmm. three weeks. Yeah. Four weeks. Yep. I don't remember how long it's been, Jay. I don't it's even know what happened last week. Last week was a crazy week. Last Drake week. had that surgery, uh-huh. and, and uh, then we had to go back up the next day right yeah. after that. And yeah, yeah, that was a crazy week. So I yeah. barely even remember the days. They all blend together. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, I've got this. I found this on. Uh, well, I didn't find it on TikTok. I found it on a, a Facebook page I follow, but oh, okay. it is a TikTok. And it got you, it, it, and it took uh, you it, over there? Yeah, I watched it. It was pretty good. I thought you would enjoy it. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, it's almost three minutes long. <laughs> okay. But I, I think it's pretty funny. All right, let's And see. I, I think it, uh, I, you know, it's it. this is supposed to be a funny video, but it also is conveying some truth that I think is important for us to to remember okay all right so make sure the sound is up and uh flip over to my screen and we're gonna watch this guy give us a little little tour through history okay to use coins with the emperor's face on them to pay for things that sounds like the mark of the beast okay think about what year it is how could it not be the end of the world the holy roman empire's reach spans continents it kind of sounds like a one world government to me Okay, but next year is going to be the start of a new millennium. That's like, gotta be the end of days. (laughs) I mean, come on, war in the Middle East? That's an end times prophecy coming true. This plague's gonna kill everyone on Earth. It's the end of the world. London burned to the ground. A plague's ravaging the country. And look at what year it is. It's gotta be the end times. (laughs) Okay, but the British Empire's reach spans continents. It kind of sounds like a one world government to me. You mean I have to use this piece of paper to pay for things? That sounds like the mark of the beast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> a hen laid an egg that says Jesus is coming back. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, what more do you need? Uh, the scientists are saying Haley's Comet's going to crash into the planet. We're doomed. <laughs> Come on, they're calling this the war to end all wars. What kind of world are we going to be left in? And really, with everything going on in the world right 1940s. now, how could this not be the end? If Israel's being made into its own nation, how could Armageddon not be around the corner? Jim uh, Jones said he had a vision of a nuclear apocalypse coming this year. Oh Who would my, lie oh about my. something like that? 1967. So it's walking through time if you're listening. Plastic to pay for things? 
That kind of sounds like the mark of the beast. Credit credit the cards. Scientists are saying Haley's Comet's going to crash into the planet. Haley's Comet. <laughs> you know, if we don't fix the environment, we'll be underwater in a few years. 1989. I mean, come on, war in the Middle East. That's an end times prophecy. <laughs> first, okay, first Gulf War is going to be the start of a new millennium. Y2K. Like, Got to be the end of days. I mean, come on, war in the Middle East. <laughs> Here we go again. End times prophecy coming. <laughs> war in the Middle you know, East. If we don't again. fix the environment, we'll be underwater in a few years. <laughs> Come on, a black president? He has to be the anti Oh my goodness. <laughs> hey, 2008. Facebook said the world's about to end. Okay, the Mayans said this is as far as we're going to make 2012. So better start preparing for doomsday. Uh, you know, if we don't fix the environment, we'll be underwater in a few years. So I just scan this chip to pay for things? That kind of sounds like the mark of the beast. It's pretty good. You know, if we don't fix the environment, we'll 2016. be underwater in a few years. <laughs> No, trust me. The geometry of the pyramid predicts the world ends this year. Somebody uh, on YouTube just said the world's about to end. You know, if we don't fix the environment, we'll be underwater in a few years. A worldwide pandemic and corrupt governments? That's never happened before. This has to be Never happened. I mean, they're saying the Hadron Collider is going to open up a black hole that's a gateway to hell. Kind of sounds like an apocalypse to me. Hey, some guy on TikTok said the world's about to end. <laughs> that's, so me we have to yeah. that's so good. That's so good, George. <laughs> that's worth if you don't uh, if you don't watch hopping on. Like it started that? in sixty AD yeah. and walked it walked up to our time. Yeah, that's good. I thought that was pretty funny. I enjoyed that. That was very good. And if we don't fix the environment, we're going to be underwater in a yeah. few years, Jay. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, George, I got something for you too. Okay. Can you pull up the screen? All right. What is this? Oh, I no. thought at first this was a real profile that I came across on Twitter. Okay. Her name is Anne Lesby, uh-huh. PhD. Okay. She, her. Uh-huh. She's a, you know, bio in the name, like, uh-huh. you know, she, her, rainbow symbol, Anne Lesby, PhD. Okay. Okay. She's the head, head of gender <clears throat> studies okay. at ACL University. And she goes by the moniker anti-racist fetus. Okay. okay. Right? One one eighth uh-huh. black. Uh-huh. Okay. Semi-trans. Uh-huh. Neurodivergent. Lesbian who dates men. <laughs> a national treasure. I like the last one. <laughs> a national treasure. Yeah. And there's an actual website you can click on and go to this website. And uh this uh then th- so you see your pin tweet. The pin tweet is just amazing. It's these mugs that you can go and and get. Anti rate it's anti 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 racist activism mugs. Mm. Not available in white. <laughs> uh so I was like, this this has to be some type of satire. Uh, and it, it actually is it's satire that is make this person made this fake account, but it is so close to reality that you, it's hard to tell if it's satire. So a lot of people have thought for a long time this was a real person. And they were actually, because they say these things, these things that are in, in, absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, see, I mean, like this tweet. Uh-huh. Look at this tweet. Gender confusion is not a bad thing. It simply means an individual has not yet discovered their true identity. I would much rather have a gender confused child than a child who accepts their assigned 
they're assigned at birth sex without question. Mm. <laughs> that seems like something somebody would actually tweet for real. Yeah, yeah it does. It's crazy. That's the world we live in, though, right now. Yeah. I saw a real tweet the other day. Not a satire tweet. It's okay. by, a, by a vegan. Okay. Uh, she said, I should have screenshot it to show you. This vegan lady said, um, I would rather date a man who has sex with animals than eats animals. Welcome, welcome to the, welcome to, welcome to a society, George, that is totally under the judgment of God. <clears throat> debased yeah. mind, debased mind, the mind totally cor- uh, corrupted uh, by sin. Can't even think anymore. That's where we are. Yeah, P- people, but people are starting to like kind of wake up. Mm-hmm. Even those that aren't Christians, if you kind of if you're on there, they're like, I feel like I'm living in right. Like, like some like alternate reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? We have strange times. I ran across this tweet from uh, our president. Thought you would enjoy it. Uh, tweeted without even knowing what he's saying, probably. <laughs> I had to read it a couple of times to, <laughs> to really figure out what he, what's going on here. I just want you to read it. I'll read it. I'll read it out loud. And then we can talk about it. (laughs) My dad used to say, Joey, don't compare me to the almighty. Compare me to the alternative. (laughs) And here's the deal. (laughs) (laughs) Democrats want to codify Roe. Republicans want a national ban on abortion. The choice is clear. (laughs) So weird, man. Joey. Joey. Don't compare me to the almighty. Compare me to the alternative. The alternative. (laughs) What what exactly would the alternative be in this situation, Jay? (laughs) What's the alternative to the Almighty? The devil. (laughs) The devil. (laughs) It's so confusing. Yeah. The way it's phrased. Yeah. Don't compare me to the Almighty. Compare me to the alternative. Don't compare me to God. Compare me to the devil. Here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Democrats want to make abortion the law of the land, and Republicans want to ban it. The choice is clear. I would. <laughs> and then he, I would agree with him on that. The choice poses, is clear. <laughs> then he poses the alternatives. Yeah. Codify Roe. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. The choice is choice is clear. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something, George. If if we go the rest of this presidency and I don't hear about corn pop again, another story, I'm going to be a little disappointed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. So I am anticipating a corn a corn pop story, hopefully. Maybe it'll come out in the next and when when we get here in a in a little while to the presidential debates. If they actually do one, he may not do one like he did last time. Right. Right. But, uh, I'd love to hear some corn. Well, corn. and it I mean it depends on who corn uh oops, sorry about that. Uh depends on who's who's running against I right. guess. Mhm. All right. Well, those were uh those were just some those were just some fun. That's just fun times. Fun, some little, little you're things li- that we found. You're allowed to have fun times in 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 this world. You know, I I, I 
I, I like that video uh, that I showed of the guy walking through um, history <laughs> because yeah. I, I think that we, we often do just kind of live in this, this bubble and we interpret, we interpret uh, the Bible through whatever time period we're living in. And we ignore, we ignore that uh, wars in the Middle East, plagues, um, end times prophecies, all this has been going on for 2,000 years. Yeah. Um, people have been pointing at, at a variety of different things, saying this, is, this has got to be the Antichrist, this has got to be the, the mark of the beast. And I, I think that uh, we need to be um, tempered in our, uh, our thoughts yeah. when, it, when it comes to, to this issue because uh, Christians for 2,000 years have been living through what the New Testament calls the last days. Yep. Um, and so we're just called to be faithful and persevere. And uh, don't, uh, I think it's uh, in Isaiah chapter 8, I believe, uh, don't don't call conspiracy what this people calls conspiracy. Right. right. Don't be afraid of the same things that the the unbelieving world is afraid of. Yeah. So... Well, uh, Leighton Flowers. We haven't talked about Leighton Flowers in a good long not time. Not in a good while. In not fact, in it's while. been so long that people may not even know who or like who who are you talking about? So Leighton Flowers, he is a uh I guess I I guess I'll call him a theologian. Uh but I'll use it really loosely. Is he in uh Texas uh he's Texas? In, he's in Baptist? Texas. Yeah, he's a Tex yeah, he's It's like an offshoot of I, I, SBC or they have duly affiliated SBC. <sighs> I don't know. I'm confused by the whole thing. I don't know. Anyway. The first time I ever saw him... He's in Texas. He's affiliated with the, the SBC down there yeah. and, and those guys down there. It uh, wasn't long after I, I moved here. So 2015, I got like a... Targeted, I guess, from a Facebook ad, and it was him... It was him What's his ministry called? Soteriology 101. Soteriology 101. And he had presented, like, hey, he's known for this. He, he'll actually not present Calvinism as is actually presented. Well, he says that he used to be a yeah. Calvinist, and, and so, now he's not. Which is my comment to him on there. I said, you say you used to be a Calvinist, but what you just described, I don't know any Calvinist that holds that. <laughs> right. So I'm not buying that you used to be a Calvinist. Yeah, I, yeah. Comment, I, I commented on that, and he never interacted with. I me. don't know anyone. I don't know anyone that's buying into into that. Yeah, and then <laughs> about when he presents. So he he runs a he has a ministry called Soteriology 101. Uh -huh. Um, he's got a YouTube channel, um, and it's all about Calvinism. Yeah. Um, he is. He seems like he's obsessed with James White, right? Um, because he'll, he'll he got do, he'll absolutely do. mopped by James White. Yeah, yeah. that's what I. Uh, after that interaction, well, one sided. My comment never got interacted with, but about six months later was that Romans nine the Romans nine nine debate, debate mm -hmm. where James White and they were supposed <laughs> to debate Romans nine, and James White did that. Yes. It was like James White holding a Bible and like walking through systematically Romans right. nine, and then Leighton Flowers doing uh, some other crazy nonsense. Mm -hmm. But he got, I mean, he got decimated because right. James White was the only one who was walking through the Bible. Yeah. And he couldn't make 
an argument like that uh-huh. from right. the text of Romans 9. Right. So it was, uh, I mean, if you ever want to show someone, like, hey, you want to see the vast difference in how people approach the Bible? Mm. Look at this. Oh, yeah, the, the, the Romans 9 debate is a fantastic uh, debate to watch. Um, just because there's such a stark contrast. James White just has his Greek New Testament, and he's just walking through Romans 9, mm-hmm. and Leighton Flowers is jumping all over the place and not... Let me just, tell you about just, judicial hardening. Not just walking through, <laughs> you know? not just walking through the text. Uh, so Soteriology 101, he's... Uh, and I mean, it's just an anti-Calvinist um, page that he... He runs. Right. Um, he calls himself a provisionist. Mm-hmm. So he would, he's one of those guys that he's not a Calvinist or an Arminian. He's, you know, something else. Uh, he calls himself a provi- provisionist. We won't go into what that is because I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know because it's so convoluted. Um, anyway, he always and only talks about Calvinism. Yeah. Um, but he has so many straw man arguments. Um, he has Calvinist derangement syndrome. Yeah, right. So James White, you know, he does he does the dividing line, and he'll do hour, hour and a half, two hour long programs. Leighton Flowers will make a video responding to <laughs> these two hour videos, mm-hmm. and he puts out the longest videos. I don't know how anyone can watch the videos that he puts out because they can be so long. Anyway, um, we talked about his choice meets, uh, I think, a long time ago. Maybe right, maybe yeah. right when the podcast started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about his, his choice meets uh, analogy. So he went on, um, what is it, uh, the Happy Calvinist? I think that's the program. Mm. Uh, it's Vocab Malone. Okay. Went on went on the, a program and was interviewed by Vocab Malone. So he's being interviewed by a Calvinist. Um, and the topic of open theism comes up. Now I'm just going to show um, like a, a minute long clip. All right. But uh, it's part of a, a longer uh, conversation that they're having about open theism. Now open theism is the idea that God learns. Mm-hmm. That God doesn't know the future. Um, he is, it's it's also called uh, process the- theology. Right. So God is, um, he is learning and adapting and he's growing along with his creation. Right. Right. Um, the conversation going back and forth is, uh, well, you know, um, I wouldn't call them non-Christians because if I did, I'd have to start calling other people I disagree with non-Christians. Yeah. Uh, so here comes this clip. Open theist. Don't believe that God knows the future. All right. He's not, he's not omniscient. Okay. And this is what uh, the question is going to be. Would you um, excommunicate open theist in your church? And here's what Leighton Flower says. All right. Brother, would Leighton call for the excommunication open theistic in his local church. People are getting all practical over here. Yeah, You're getting put on the spot. No. No, I wouldn't. I I think it was a mistake. I think it was a mistake for Southern Baptists to exclude 
open theists from the Southern Baptist Convention for the reasons I've already stated. I, I think we should be more open to those kinds of philosophical discussions because if you're going to cast them out, then why wouldn't you cast out people who disagree with you over the sociological issues on the other side? It just doesn't make any sense to me to, to cast out a group of people. And I understand the, the reactionary response when you first hear, when I first heard about open theism, I had the same reactionary kind of response of, oh my gosh, what are they denying? What is that about? You know, I can't believe that kind of thing until I heard out some of the arguments and what they were trying to say and why they were coming to their conclusion. Then I go, oh, okay, there, there, there's a philosophical issue here with this, this, and this, and I understand where they're coming from. And, and I would not cast them out of the kingdom nor my church. There you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, he would not excommunicate them, nor would he cast them out of the kingdom. So the the argument that him and and Vocab Malone were getting into is: look, um, we're all just trying to figure out how God knows things. Mm. Um, so the Calvinists, we we would hold to God's God knows everything because He has decreed everything. Right. Uh, Arminians, uh, there's different there's different flavors of Arminian, but right. you know, looking down the corridor of time, yeah. um, and we've talked about Mol- so, Molinism so on here. Before. Molinism, uh, God creates the best of all possible worlds. He it's uh, he's got a plan, and what's the best possible world that can right? Um, so it's God has to deal with the cards that are given to him. Yeah, but in all of those um, <clears throat> in Calvinism. Um, which God knows because he's decreed all things. Uh-huh. And Molinism, which is a different form of that, it's God looking at all the different worlds that he could possibly make and picking the one that he wants to make. But when he makes the world, that's like him decreeing this world. Right. Right. It's everything will happen. Uh-huh. Uh, so he knows it. And then foreknowledge, same thing. He looks through, he can see all things that would happen if he created, right. and he creates. It's all locked in, yeah, but not in process. Theology. No, no. And that's, it was, it was really enlightening to watch this, uh, this whole conversation um, because the, Leighton was not getting it. He was not getting what Vocab Malone was saying. You're, you are, he's making it this big tent as if uh, open theists are just in the same they're just they're just trying to figure it out along with us but calvinists molinists arminians they all hold to god's omniscience mm-hmm. god knows all things they they disagree on how he knows all things right but they are all in agreement that god does know all things mm-hmm. that's not what open theists hold to Right, it's not it's not in the same category. They're they're completely different animals because here's omniscience over here, and and uh, the, the those who hold to orthodox um, um, theology believe that God is omniscient, and open theists say God has to learn. God doesn't know what the future is, and you've got you've got you know people that are pointing to these different prophecies in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and they're saying, "Look, God got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't happen the way that the prophecy said it was going to happen." That shows God doesn't know the future um, perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, those are those are two different two two different things. Um, one of them is uh, maligning the. Uh, 
who God is, right? His attributes, right? They deny. Um, so a phrase I think that they use is they would affirm becoming over being. Mm-hmm. So and this this gets into a little bit of our conference because uh, when the Orthodox Christian position about God's being is that God's essence is eternal, meaning it's non-temporal. Right. So God is spirit, pure spirit. This is what all of the Christian confessions affirm. Now, again, I'm talking pre-creation and pre-incarnation of Jesus, pure spirit. He is non-temporal, eternal, immutable, so he's unchanging. He is always what he has always been in his essence, and uh, as we'll see in the conference, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit all have the exact same one essence. Mm-hmm. So same will, same authority, same power. Um, that's what Christians have always believed, and he's impassable. So he's not affected by the world. Right. Like the world doesn't change him. Yeah. And that's what Christians have professed up until, I guess, when the process theology come out in kind of the uh, turn of the century. Well, it, it really uh, it really hit at the uh, the Evangelical Theological Society with Fred Sanders, maybe eighties. Um, but it but its origin 80s, it wasn't 80s, popular 90s, at all. It but wasn't, I, yeah. but I think its origins are closer to the turn of the century. Okay. Uh, have to look it up, but then it became more popular later. Right, right. So yeah, and it's it's getting it's getting it even is getting more popular. Mm-hmm. Is Slayton Flowers open theist? No, he would he would say he disagrees with it, but um, he doesn't see the category differences. Apparently, he doesn't see how this is a problem. Um, he he's. So he he's pushing back and he's saying, well, if I if I were to excommunicate open theists, I'd have to excommunicate Calvinists whom I disagree with on you know these issues also. Um, but he's not seeing he's not seeing like the the levels of importance, right? Um, well, well, the, so so we would disagree with with Arminians, and he's not an Arminian; he's a provisionist. Again, I don't know you know exactly what he what he he's doing here, um, but. We would disagree on how God knows, right? But we would both we would both confess God knows all things. Well, but but then there's the open theists that there we're not just we're we're not just having an in house debate over how God knows. We're having a debate over whether God knows. Well, the the age the 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 old joke is open theism is where you know what's for dinner, but God doesn't. Right, and that's exactly. So you think about open theism, or like God is in process. Uh Like we're in a we're 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 in process. (laughs) Right. We've never not been in process. We we change. We're 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 going through. uh, Who who knows how many changes just sitting here? So they would affirm, I think, that God is good. I don't really know how they could hold on to the 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 possibility that he could like or the that he could become bad but yeah. they don't they say oh you know he is good that's yeah. that's part of his essence that's unchangeable right like how do you know <laughs> oh right but they but think about it when god created man and woman and 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 he was in fellowship with them in the garden he didn't know what was going to happen right he's like okay well man 
I really like it here with Adam. I hope he doesn't eat of that tree. <laughs> yeah. And, but I don't know if he will or not. Uh, and then he does. And then God's like, all right, what do I do now? Right. And so then he kicks him out of the garden. Well, what's my plan? Well, I got to win this whole thing back somehow. Um, I guess I'll outmaneuver Satan mm-hmm. till the end of time and man's flesh nature and I'll, in the end, bring about some good. How I'm going to get there, I don't have any idea. Yeah. That is a different God altogether. Yes. And that's kind of your point. Mm-hmm. It's like he doesn't get that. He doesn't get it, no. Right. No, he he's... Um, uh, and he's so... Uh, I was surprised when I saw he was doing this interview with, with Vocab Malone that he was actually sitting down. And it was... It was um, uh, there were times that Vocab Malone was <laughs> over on his side laughing, uh, just in disbelief at some of the things that Flowers was saying. But it was a, uh, it was a, I guess, a charitable conversation. Um, but uh, Leighton Flowers, he's, uh, again, he says that he was, he used to be a Calvinist, but right. every time he talks about Calvinism, it's like he has no idea what he's talking about. Um, he just throws up all these straw man arguments, um, right? And uh, so it's not really a surprise to see him now just openly saying, "No, I think that open theists are Christians too." I don't think anyone was was super shocked right. <laughs> when he said that. It was just nice to see him actually say it, right? Because everything that he said up to this point—I mean, you, you can go back and look at things that he said. Um, James White's been saying it for years. Like he's he's heading towards open theism. Right. So it's it's uh it's it's helpful to have that clarity when someone just comes out and says, Look, I wouldn't execute communicate them, I wouldn't cast them out of the kingdom, and I think it was bad it was a bad idea for the the SBC to uh because you can't be an open theist in the SBC. Right. On paper. <laughs> on paper right. uh, we we know enough about the SBC to know that uh, what they say and what they do are not always lining up mm-hmm. so are there open theists in the SBC probably right um, especially when Leighton Flowers over here giving his approval to it I mean he's got a lot of people that follow him and, and right. uh, <laughs> for some reason I mean if you're going to follow someone that's uh, critiquing Calvinism uh, there's better people than and Leighton Flowers to uh, to listen to, but uh, you you're you you're not supposed to be able to be an open theist. I'm pretty sure there was a resolution years ago mm. um, when it when it first was coming out um, where the the SBC condemned it. Uh, but here you got Leighton Flowers, and he's saying, "No, I think that was that was bad for the for the SBC to do that. Yeah. Um, we should be open." No pun intended, I guess, uh, to these philosophical arguments, mm-hmm. and that's that's what a lot of light and flower stuff is. Is it's philosophy. I mean, you listen to him explaining Calvinism and explaining his own view, and he does very little exegesis, and he does a lot of um, analogies. Right. He he loves to tell uh, tell give illustrations, mm-hmm. um, and not actually deal with the text. Right. And which, yeah, uh, which and, you can and see he wants to debate. deal with philosophy. And just deal with the text. What does the text say about God? Right. God says that He doesn't. He doesn't change. Um. That means He doesn't learn. 
because learning learning necessarily means that you're changing. Right. God doesn't change, therefore God does not learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a big deal, and right. that's just straight from the text. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, um, contrary to to Leighton Flowers, I would say that someone that's an open theist, um, is a heretic, and should be excommunicated from your church. Right. Yeah. yeah. It seemed to be a no brainer. You think so? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, uh, like I said, if we're having a conference, if you're interested in that conference, you can go to christ-centered.church, and it is November 4th and 5th, two days. We're talking about the Trinity, five sermons. George kick, George is kicking it off on Friday night, mm-hmm. 6.30, the Trinity in the Old Testament. Yep. And then uh, Dennis Gunderson will be coming with the economic trinity from Psalm 110. Saturday morning, I'll start it with the imminent trinity from John and maybe some Hebrews 1. I may start in Hebrews 1. I don't know. I don't know yet. And then Josh will be doing how we commune with the trinity. Is he doing the end of Ephesians? I can't remember. I believe it's Ephesians. And then uh, Corey Anderson will be doing the Trinity in the Great Commission. Maybe a great conference. We're going to be talking about things yeah. like uh, God's nature, his eternal nature, how God in his eternal nature has existed in three persons, one essence, three persons, which is Christianity throughout all history. <laughs> um, it's incredibly important today because there are so many, so many people, I think, don't and I'm not now I'm not saying that they're not saved. I don't believe you're saved by perfect theology, but churches for a long time in America have gotten so far away from like, the historic uh, like maybe the, some of the creeds and even the mm. the good uh confessions, Westminster 1689. And so people people I think that are in orthodox churches I'm not talking about the modalist. Like that's obvious. That's obvious. But I think people think about God more like a tritheist. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So some people, like when you think think about like the, just the doctrine of salvation, they have this like segmented view of how salvation works, where the tr- all members of the Trinity aren't uh, operating together. Mm-hmm. Right in one will to bring about the same end. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, well, you, uh, you can see that kind of in the subtle ways that people talk about God in the old Testament and God in the new Testament. Right. Um, the ways they talk about what happened at the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God is angry and, judging in the old testament but then jesus comes and god is love and he's kind and he's patient and well no (laughs) there's not not that right not that there's not that radical distinction between the old and the new testament yeah um god's god's judgment god's judgment um is seen most clearly on the cross right his anger is most clearly seen on on the cross, um, but his love is also most clearly seen on the cross. Yeah, but you also see that love and that patience in the history of Israel. Right. Um, the same Jesus that came and and was um, you know humble 
in the New Testament, he's executing judgment in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to hold that together. Right. Or th- maybe about how people think that um, the Holy Spirit, this is the time of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And they may think accidentally, I mean, they may say, oh, well, God, is, there's one God, three persons. But they may accidentally think, oh, the Holy Spirit is here, but the Father and the Son, they are enthroned in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so, right. but that's not the correct understanding. If you want to know why it's not, you're going to have to come to the conference. I'm not going to oh, tell you. Oh. I'm not going to tell you right now, um, <laughs> but you're going to have to come to the conference to find yeah. out. Okay. So uh, November 4th and 5th, yeah. here in Lawton, Christ Fellowship Church, mm-hmm. Christ-centered.church. Yeah, you get a, you'll get many free books. Where you get the info and you can you register lunch, uh, for the for You the get conference. a free Chick-fil-A lunch on Saturday if they'll ever call me back. <laughs> All right. And uh, lock this mo- this order in. So If not, it's going to be, it's gonna a, have to be, Billy uh, Sims. It's be a sack lunch. It, it may, we'll have to go with Billy Sims. We're going to be, we're gonna be over there uh, making PB&Js while people are getting in line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's... Uh, we're 37 minutes in. We got time to do this? Oh, or yeah. What? Oh, yeah. All right. Not a problem. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll set it up, and then we'll see how far down the rabbit hole we go today. Okay. Uh, so we get a message to, I think it was a response to um, maybe a Facebook ad. Your video was released. Um, and I get a comment. Click on the comment comes from James Andrews. Initially, it sounds like a uh, maybe a reasonable question. I know other, other people have encountered things like this before. Uh-huh. He says, the speaker at a seminar, seminar recently was addressing the topic, Name of Jesus. There's a topic. He said that there was no letter J equivalent or J sound in Hebrew, Aramaic, Latin, Greek, or English, before the 17th century. So the name for salvation, see Acts 4.10 plus, I think he's, yeah, he's meaning Acts 10 and 12, where Peter says that, uh, speaking of Jesus, there's no, under, there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He said, this name could not be Jesus, because Peter was talking to the Sanhedrin council, all the uppity-ups of the Hebrew religion and government, that's what he says, um, and all the people of Israel, Hebrew and Aramaic speakers. It was said that the name um, Peter, who, and then he puts in brackets, the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit was talking about, I guess through Peter, was talking about was Yeshua, he spells it Y. It's all capital letters. Y a y a h s h u a. The name was actually Yeshua, and that all seminary trained pastors, teachers, priests, etc. have been taught this. Do you use the name Yeshua? Historically and linguistically correct during your services. If not, please explain why not. Again. Thank you for your reply. So, um, initially, I look and I say, okay, this is some of that uh, sacred name, the sacred name movement. 
You ever heard of that movement? Uh, I don't know if I'd heard it by that that name, but uh, mm-hmm. yes, I'm familiar with the idea. Okay, so the sacred name movement. Here's just the idea. The idea is that the name for God, or we'll go from where he says. Well, now we'll go with God first. The name for the God, the, God, the Father. Um, I think maybe they would call it, but let's say God is Yahweh. They might would say the tetragrammatron because maybe they don't want to say Yahweh, but maybe they do. I'm not sure. There's very. This is like a. There's many different people in this sacred name movement, right? There's not just like one right. overall. Uh, but they would say, "Look, th- that was taken out of the Bible by conspiracy on purpose because that is the name of God, and that's the name you have to believe in in order to be saved, Yahweh." And then Jesus, the name Jesus is Yeshua or Yehoshua, uh, which is in the Old Testament is Joshua, and in the New Testament, Jesus. Uh, Same name in Hebrew. And they would say, look, that name has been taken out too by conspiracy uh, to get you to not worship the true God, but worship false gods. And... um, so why aren't you using the name Yehoshua? Because you can't be saved unless you are believing and you have called out to Yehoshua, which means, and they're right in this regard, Yehoshua means Yahweh saves. So that's the uh, sacred name movement. It's in the Hebrew Roots movement, um, which they also believe you have to keep um, Old Testament festivals and things like that, Sabbath. But it's also in the black Hebrew Israelites, they hold to the same thing. You know, that that's kind of a modern, the black Hebrew Israelites. I don't think we've ever done anything on the black Hebrew Israelites. I don't think before. we have. I think we did something on Hebrew Roots once, though. Pretty sure, right? We've talked about them a little bit, yeah. Um, as far as I could see, this originated in the Church of God. Again, probably right around the same time as process <clears throat> theology, which we talked about earlier. If anyone wants turn of the century, if anyone wants to see um, the name Jesus, uh, I'm gonna try to pull it up so that we can so they can see it. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I, somewhere in the Church of God, and I don't know who the first person was. It was brought in. Now it has branched off in many different directions since then. So you have. And you do, and like we always want to correctly state things about those we are we are trying to uh, correct, present them present them truthfully, as they would. We don't want to latent flowers them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there are some who would be just regular Christians who believe in the Trinity, and they would say, "Look, that's the name, and I think we should use that name." They're not going to say you're not a Christian if you don't, right? Right. But then there are those who are Trinitarian believers, Christians. They'll do the same thing. They'll say, no, but you can't be saved. You're not saved. You're deceived if you don't use those names um, because you can't be saved unless you call upon that name and you believe that name. Mm-hmm. And then there are those who are even outside of the camp completely and as regards to orthodoxy at all, who would not even be Trinitarians. So um, we have to uh, distinguish that because we don't want to lump everybody into the same group. You know what I mean? Right. 
So I think, you know, if you're, if someone's listening and they are in the first group, they say, look, I, I, I think that is the best name to use, to use those actual names, but I, but I don't anathematize people. And I don't say that you don't have, you know, you don't, I've not believed the real gospel. You're not a Christian. We're not talking to you guys. Yeah. Okay. Go be, go, go along in your merry day and be, uh, be happy using the Hebrew names. <laughs> it's to the second group, the ones who would say they are Trinitarian, but they would anathematize everybody else that we're going to talk to. And then the guys who are completely out of the camp, um, you can listen in too, but you're already a heretic. But we'll address you too. Okay? Because you deny, you deny the Trinity, like you're gone. Hopefully we can bring you back in. We can, we can bring you to the, the true God, the one and only true God. Let me start it by saying this. All cards on the table up front. I think those who are in the sacred name movement have been greatly deceived, um, are practicing the doctrine of demons, because what they do undermines people's belief in the Bible. Because part of what they'll say is the Bible has been corrupted through conspiracy. Right. So they undermine people's belief in the Bible. They undermine people's belief that they are saved at all. Mm. because they haven't called out to the correct name. Right. Um, this is um, another gospel they're presenting. So they're also guilty of the Galatian heresy, which would add something to the gospel. Mm. Uh, now we'll unpack that, and then we'll talk about the names, because people probably are curious. The, they might say, well, well yeah, well, why, why do we uh, not have that? Why don't, why don't we use the Hebrew names? Mm. Why do we use the name Jesus? Why is that in there, our Bible, in, our, in the English Bible? Right. So let's talk about it. I don't know which, where we want to start at first. Uh, well, I've got the, I've got the Greek name um, on my screen. If you want to go over there, you can see, see the Greek name. Ha, Yehus, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so gr- Greek does not have a J. Yeah, yeah. So what, one thing we'll say up front <laughs> Like there are some people who just would say, "All right, like I see you what you're doing, but let me just tell you, the New Testament was written in Hebrew." Okay, what you've got there yourself there is a corrupted thing that was done after the fact, mm-hmm. and they'll probably blame it on Constantine because he gets blamed for everything, <laughs> right? He does. Right. But they'll say, "But there is George. There is zero evidence that the New Testament was written." In Hebrew, it is simply not true. It is not true. Yeah. Um, the The closest I can get, the closest I can get, and this is because of, um, I believe it was Eusebius, who was one of the early church historians. Uh-huh. Um, he said that Matthew, writing to the Jewish people, wrote his gospel in Hebrew. In Hebrew, okay, and it was translated in the Greek. Um, that's the closest I can get. Right. Um, to say that all the books of the New Testament were written in Hebrew, um, there's just zero proof. Right. Zero. Yeah. Um, especially if Luke, who was probably a Gentile, right, from Asia Minor, was writing the book of Acts. Yeah. And he was writing what Peter said 
mm-hmm. um, in, in Acts. There is no other name given in heaven and on earth by which men shall be saved. It, it's, uh, it's far-fetched to believe that he's writing in Hebrew. Yeah, there's no, but there's there's not even any. But there's no there's no evidence. There's no there's no manuscript evidence. There's there's no there's no evidence that uh, any of it was written Mm -hmm. in Hebrew, including Eusebius's claim that Matthew wrote his gospel in Hebrew. There's there's no there there's no fragments, no papyri, no no nothing to uh, to back up that claim. So that the name in. Greek that is used there in Acts. So in Acts four, ten through twelve, it is the name Jesus. I think is it. What what does the text fully say? Jesus of Nazareth. Where are we? Do you remember in Acts four, uh, ten through, um, ten through twelve. It is. Yeah, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, right. whom you crucified. Yeah. Then he says in 12, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name. It's like, uh, and we should probably talk about that too, What when we get to name, theology behind names. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is what you just showed on the screen. Can you show it again? Uh, I'll put... Um, there we go. There's here, the Greek I'll, text. Here's, let me... Uh, let me zoom in on this thing. There it is. Right there. Alrighty. Oops. Oh, 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 why uh, is beep, it not? Beep, beep. Goodness. Right there. There you go. Jesu Christu to Nazarayu. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Nazareth. There you go. You got it. All right. I'm going to pull up something. Because they'll say, you know, part the conspiracy is um, that's a that's like a, that's an incorrect name. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not a Yeshua. So, can you please bring up my screen? This is a helpful little thing here. How do we get to Jesus from Yeshua? Okay. Okay. Here it is. So first, um, we have the A dropped because there is no. Greek character for the Hebrew ayin. I, I think uh, this may just be me liking languages. Some uh, you've got the Hebrew name up in the the top left corner, right? And you have to read it right to left. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So you have what looks like a uh, like a uh, apostrophe, right? Uh, that's the beginning of the name, right? And that's that's a Y sound, right? So Yeshua, yeah. Yeshua. Yeah. So then, uh, as you move down, you you see how other characters are getting dropped uh, because there's no Greek characters for that. So in Greek, you end up with the I E S O U, uh, and then they add an, another S because in Greek, the ending indicates the gender. All right. And there were only two. George, can you believe it? Can you believe it? It's it boggles the mind. Boggles the mind. Yep. So uh, Greek names will, if they're male, will have an S at the end. So when there was an English translation done in the original King James, what you ended up with was, um, I don't know how they would say it in the original King James. How would they say that? Isus, 
Isus? I don't know. I don't know if they still would pronounce the I as a Y or not. And then uh, later, uh, J was J was added. There's no, uh, there was no J sound uh, originally in the uh, Germanic. Did you know that? I did. And so, what it, where it came from actually was French influence. Right. So you know, when I was in Germany when I was a kid, I was riding a dirt bike. This is a little side information. <laughs> I used to race dirt bike or not dirt bikes, uh, BMX bikes. Okay. So they'd call me out in the starting box. Guess my name. Say it. In German. Hey. Harry Hones. Harry Hones. Because <laughs> they still don't. Okay. They still don't say the yeah. J sound. Apparently, I was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an H sound. But can you believe it? I knew they were talking about me. <laughs> can you believe that? Same name. I, I just knew somehow. I just knew it was the you same. Just knew name. it. <laughs> So, be- yeah, sometime because of French influence, the J right. was added, and uh-huh. then, so Jesus, the French influence. There, there we have. That's how we step-by-step step get there. There's not a conspiracy. It's transliteration, and then because of how sounds work. And would you know something else that's strange, George? In other languages, um, the name Jesus is not pronounced like the English. Can you what? Be- what? <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe it? Can you believe that? I can't believe it. Uh, so uh, that uh, I just don't believe it, Jay. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the here's the problem. The problem is if it, it it's getting in. You uh, you mentioned this um, in one of the messages that you you sent that um, this is kind of a gnostic mm-hmm. um, idea. The secret knowledge, right? It takes secret knowledge for you to to be in the inn, right? And the secret knowledge is you have to know Hebrew, right? If you're not if you're not speaking Hebrew, you're not you're not saved, right? Yeah, that's right. Did you? I'm sure you knew this. Um, other people probably don't. That there are some people that believe that Hebrew is the language of heaven. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Yeah, there there are people that believe that that Hebrew is God's language hmm. that He gave that to Adam and Eve, hmm. and that's that's the heavenly language. I don't think I don't think that's how uh, man. You know, I, I'm pretty sure that when the Hebrews first left left Egypt, their language was heavily influenced by uh, the Egyptian language, mm-hmm. and then as they moved into the <laughs> land of Canaan, they they began to take on more of a Phoenician influence. Language changes. Language changes. Uh, All you have to do is pick up a King James Bible to see how language, how the English language has changed Mm -hmm. over 400 years, right? Is there, there's nothing magical about the Hebrew language, okay? Here's how I know. You ready? Who gave all of the languages on the earth? It happened at a, point in time actually in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, not all of them because they they change, like, you know what I mean? They right. as cultures move out and there's languages are always changing. But right. who gave the Gentile tongue? Yeah. Came from, from Babel. Right. God yeah. confused their languages and then everybody went off to their own place. So like, hey, uh, they found people who could speak like them. They develop a new clan or whatever based on their language, but God gave those languages so that the right. Gentile language is not a sinful language. Right. Any of them. Uh. God gave the God gave language. 
Um, he just happened to choose this people, the Hebrew people, mm-hmm. from all the people of the face of the earth. Right. Um, but here's one. This one I was thinking about could really, uh, hopefully, it can help pull, pull pull people out of this kind of delusion that they're been uh, deceived into believing. What was the Bible of Jesus and the disciples? What would they have had access to, studied, memorized, and taught? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's all over the place. the The Septuagint is very clearly clearly the the Bible that they're using. Right. So Jesus is using the Greek translation the Greek, of the of the Hebrew. The Greek translation of the Hebrew. The Septuagint um, is a couple hundred years before Jesus' birth. And so it is uh, is when the when it started being used, uh, it was translated uh, out of Hebrew into Greek, and then it was uh, by the time Jesus is born, it's being used by everyone all over the place. Um, I don't know what scroll Jesus read from when he began his ministry, um, but it could have been. A scroll of Greek text. Yeah. Um, and do you know what uh, Yeshua is? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Can you pull up the Septuagint <laughs> and put up, uh, go to the book of Joshua? Let me see if I can uh, find this. Find this one. Because it's the same, this there is the go. same name. <clears throat> it's the name that uh, was already. Yeah, uh, let me see if I can, okay. I am looking. Can you yeah. find it? Yeah, I've got I've got it. Yeah, I've got it. Because I think I've got it too on, on Logos. Yes, uh, I was looking for, I was looking for his, uh, for the Hebrew also. But yes, I, I've got it. Okay. Yeah. Can you um, pull that up? On the screen. Here we go. Yeah. So we've got it here on the left. Um, and uh, I don't know how I'm going to highlight this, though. I don't know if I can hide the, highlight this. Yeah, you may not be able to. Can you just pull up the text only? Then you can highlight it. In there. There it is right there. Um, not sure how to. Sorry, I'm, I'm still trying to learn how to use my iPad. Uh, that's Joshua 1 1. Uh huh. Um, if you look at the second line, uh, it says Joshua, right, son of Nun. Mm-hmm. Those are the the first four words on that second mm-hmm. that second line. Uh, and if you'll remember what we pulled up in the Greek, that name right there, that's in the Greek. It says Jesus, son of Nun. Right. Yeah. Same name. Yeah. This is the Greek Bible that Jesus was using uh-huh. and the disciples used. So th- this isn't a conspiracy after the fact, like after after Peter is preaching um, and it's recorded as this, it's not a conspiracy to change it. Now, did Peter say the words in Greek um, as he's preaching to the Hebrew people? He probably used the... Uh, the Aramaic 
or or Hebrew pronunciation. Mm-hmm. When you think, uh, yeah, yeah, probably. which I think makes the case even stronger mm-hmm. for what we're saying because what you would have is someone recording the words he says and writing it in Greek, right? Thinking they're the same name, right? You see what I mean? Yeah. So um, that that's it. There's no there's no conspiracy. Yeah. the The problem is thinking that um, the name Jesus has magic powers. That right. that really is what it gets down to. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's a, a crude way of saying it. Maybe these you know maybe these uh, the the adherents and, wouldn't wouldn't put it in that that. Well, those what, words, but that's what they're saying. When you when you call upon the name of Yeshua, there is some kind of power behind those letters and the pronunciation. And that pronunciation, right? That's not found in the name Jesus, right? Or Jesus, right? Or Jesus, if you know, if you're you know speaking Spanish or you know whatever whatever language, if you're not saying Yeshua. Then it doesn't have it doesn't have power, right? Yeah, that's that's magic. Well, yeah, that, that that's magic. It's it's like witchcraft. Yeah. Um, the uh, and it's similar to what the Greeks and Romans would do. So as I've told you before, the background of Jesus saying, "Don't pray like the pagans do, who thinks they'll think that they'll be heard because of their, you know, their many." phrases or whatever. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, th- so they would go to a temple, a pagan temple, and let's say it's a... Who know? Pick one. Um, Diana. Or Artemis. Artemis. Great as Artemis of the Ephesians. And I want a, I want a baby or something. <clears throat> right? So the priest holds up a scroll... The magic baby scroll. Let's call it that. This will have okay. this will have a long phrase of uh, magical. They're magic words, right? Okay. He'll hold it up in front of your face, and you have to call to to Artemis exactly as her name is pronounced, mm-hmm. and then say all of the magic words, the prayer, perfectly. So someone will hold it in front of your face like that, and then you just stand there and you say it. And if you say it exactly right. Then uh, she's obligated to to listen. Yeah. But if you don't, uh, if you don't say it right, then no, it's magic. And uh, we're not saved by believing on the correct pronunciation or uh, the Hebrew of the name. In fact, that even gets completely away from the theology of names. So, can we talk about that a little bit, maybe? Yeah. Um. So the the theology, like a person's name, is it, it captures the essence of who they are. You know what I mean, right? So, um, when we're talking about God, God in the Old Testament, He has the name Yahweh, mm-hmm. and that's His covenant name, and that's probably the one we're most familiar with. But He has many other names, you know. El Elyon, El Shaddai. Like he's- I, you know, I think that that's, um, when we're talking about Yahweh, I think that's a good example of, of what we're, we're getting at here. Right. Um, no one knows what the correct pronunciation of Yahweh is. Right. 
um, the the Hebrew language is all consonants. Mm-hmm. Um, there's four four Hebrew letters. Yeah, um, and it's only it's only a little bit later that they start putting vowels into the language. Right. If you can. I mean, if you can imagine that a language mm-hmm. that didn't have have vowels. Because well, because it it was uh, an oral an mm-hmm. oral culture. Right. So right. Everything was passed orally. Yeah. Um, and then the once they kind of got more settled and and they could write more, then and people could read more. Then they added the the vowels. Right. Um, and so. Um, They they put in the vowels, and um, we're just kind of guessing <laughs> if this is the correct the correct way to to pronounce it. Right? Um, could be Yahava. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it just depends how you pronounce the the vowels. Which is how you get in when once you drop once you put the J in from the Jehovah Jehovah. Uh-huh. That's what you, that's how you yeah. end up there. Um, yeah, so what do we do? What do we do with that? I mean, right. God literally says my name is Yahweh. Right. Or Yahavah. Mm-hmm. Um, that this is my memorial name. Mm-hmm. This, this is the name that you'll remember me by. Right. What if we're not pronouncing it right, Jay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah then, you're, then you're lost. Sorry, George. <laughs> Doesn't matter that you actually believe in the character right. and the properties and mm. the uh, the essence and the faithfulness of the one who has the name. Right. That doesn't matter because uh, you don't have the correct pronunciation. Right. Yeah. That's what they're saying. <clears throat> right. Yeah. So to believe upon the name, which so okay, so in Romans, it's Romans ten. Then we're told that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, right? So Romans ten nine, uh-huh. I think, and that name that he means is because he writes in Greek. It's a shocker. The name Jesus in Greek, right? That's what he writes. But he's actually quoting. Paul is quoting from Joel, and who is referenced there in Joel? It's Yahweh. Uh-huh. So. It's him saying, look, Jesus is the fulfillment of this. He is Yahweh in the flesh. And by that, we don't mean that he is the Father, because we believe he is the eternally begotten Son, Father, Son, Spirit. And so when we read the name Yahweh in the Old Testament, that is the Trinity. But that name, to believe upon Jesus, is to believe upon everything he is. It's... Uh, it's it carries the weight of his uh, authority and his power and his abilities to forgive sinners. Right. So that's what it means to believe. If anyone calls upon his name, you're calling upon him in, as in his essence for who he is. One who is the eternally begotten son, who was incarnate, who died for sinners, who was buried and who rose from the dead on the third day and has promised to forgive anyone who will come to him by faith. When you believe in his name, you're not believing in a phrase, you're believing in the truth of the person behind that phrase. Right. 
So that's what that's what it means. That's what, and this is what Peter means when he's preaching. There's no other name given among men by which we must be saved. Mm-hmm. So there it is. All right, there he's it also is. he's also got a name no one knows but himself, George. That's right. <laughs> that's right. If if we want to throw a wrench into this whole system, yeah. Well, you can see the the uh, especially as you go through the book of Genesis, that when God does things, they give him a name. Mm-hmm. They call him something. Right. The God who sees or the God who provides. He's right. Um, um, it, because they're expressing the they're expressing an aspect of God. Yeah. To their their situation. Yeah. Um, uh, not only that, uh, Jesus has many names. God uh, tells us through Isaiah and Isaiah chapter 9. If you want to go over to my screen, you can see it. Where is it at? Here we go. This is the prophecy concerning the incarnation of Jesus. 9 beginning in verse 6. Look at there. Unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Um, if you may be curious, like how, how can we call him Everlasting Father? Well, you'll have to come to the conference if you want to know the answer to that question. You going to answer that one? Is that, is I, that I think after I'm answer? done, I, it'll people will be able to grasp it. Yep. I think after I'm hopefully after I'm done, I'm not I'm not going to jump back here, but I think it might be able to fill in some pieces for things. Um, okay. But yeah, there's his name. Yeah. Well, nice. and then and then the angel appears. He's called uh, in Isaiah chapter seven. He's called Emmanuel, mm-hmm. and that's what he's called by the angel. <clears throat> well, that's uh, that's what Matthew refers back. Mm-hmm. Um, the angel, the angel says, "You'll name him Jesus." Uh-huh. Um, but then Matthew comments and says, "This is to fulfill the prophecy that the virgin right. shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel." There you go. Yeah. Um, there's no, there's no evidence in any of the gospels that um, that people were that calling, people him, were calling him Emmanuel, right? right? Um, but his name is expressing the that aspect, right? God is with us, uh huh. Right, wonderful counselor, yeah, mighty God, Prince of Peace. All of these names mm-hmm. get to who he is, right? So, um, yeah, there you have it. Yeah. Do we, anything else we need to uh, discuss? Oh, I right. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else we need to discuss. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, so, so yeah, and we're about, so hopefully for those that are, you know, are saying you're a Christian, maybe you got pulled into this, and you actually, you actually are like, like a Christian. You believe in the Trinity, and you believe in salvation by faith. I just, like, Hey, you need to drop the drop the uh, the part you've added to the gospel, right? Um, repent of that. Um, then there's the other weird part. Sh- shall I? <laughs> shall I briefly what? discuss? Oh, so I click on the guy's name. Who, uh, uh, okay, yeah, <laughs> Stalker J. I, t- I told you I was like George. I went, I went down the <laughs> rabbit hole here, man. Yeah, I click on this this uh, man's name who asked the question. So the, it's phrased first off. It's phrased as if he heard this. The speaker at a seminar recently was addressing the topic 
the name of Jesus. He said that there was no letter J equivalent. So I'm like, all right, you know, and then I click on the guy's name. And so he is actually um, studies names Yahweh and Yeshua at the Institute of Divine Metaphysical Research. You ever hear of this? It sounds like a very distinguished school. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Right? <laughs> no, I, I haven't. Checked. Right. So no, I had actually never heard of IDMR, okay. Institute of Divine. Oh, you're, oh, you're already using the... <laughs> yeah. So, so I go and I click. How's their football team doing this year? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I click on the the ID IDMR. Yes. Uh, to learn about them, <clears throat> um, and they uh, they were started by a, a guy named Henry Clifford Kinley. Uh, he was born in uh, 1896, died in 1976, and he is the one who kind of he's he didn't start the uh, the Bible has corrupted thing. I don't think, but he was. He came up in the Church of God, and so then he kind of uh, came out of that. But um, he he says that in 1932 that Yahweh um, appeared to him and gave him the true teaching that the you know the Bible was corrupt. This is starting to sound like anything else you've ever heard, <laughs> right? So you know yeah. the the Gospels are corrupted. So uh, an angel appeared to Muhammad in a cave, right? The church is corrupted, so an angel appeared to Joseph Smith uh-huh. and brought him golden tablets. Right. The uh, the gospels are corrupted, so uh, Yahweh himself appears to Henry Clifford Kinley uh-huh. and teaches him the truth of the gospel, which has been lost. No, no man has ever seen <laughs> ever seen Yahweh, right? Except for this guy, right? So he start, he's the founder of this uh, yeah. Institute of Divine Metaph- Metaphysical Research. So a little bit about them, that number one, they deny the Trinity outright. So, um, But it's even worse than that. Well, I mean, can you even get worse than that? Uh, it's only further a further divergence even away from that because, you know, oneness Pentecostals, they, uh, they would say, we don't believe in the Trinity, but we're still, uh, we believe everything else. Well... <laughs> they'd have a they'd have a separation between God and his creation. Well, they mm-hmm. believe that IDMR apparently that Elohim is some type of archetype for a pattern of the universe and he's somehow in everything. Okay. And I guess in you mm. there there probably is even diverging now cuz how late we are teachings within this movement. But they uh they don't they believe the, the Bible's corrupted, it's not inerrant. Mm-hmm. They don't believe Jesus is the eternal son of God. So they don't believe in, they don't believe in a trinity, <clears throat> and then later, this guy's some of his followers actually begin to believe that he was himself Yahweh. Oh well, never saw that happening. Didn't see that one coming. For no, no. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah. So I discovered that it's like uh, there's a it's like there's this playbook, right, right, and. The devil just follows the same playbook. <laughs> he might switch up some of the some of the the minor details, but it's like the same things. Well, right. it, you got to have corruption, 
and then you've got to have new revelation and then the then there's this prophet and he has to be exalted and everything has to be centered around him and it just mm-hmm. happens over and over mm-hmm. and over again and we're still too dumb to see it we're still we're still too stupid to right to be like hey that sounds like uh that sounds like this other yeah yeah so yeah, it always kind of ends up there, right? Eventually, where you are, uh, God's in you, and there's not a sharp distinction between the creator and the creature. Does that sound like? Uh, does that sound like anything from the Bible? Eh, does it? You'll yeah. become like God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the uh, the Institute of Divine Medical Research. I, th- I think they're maybe in Dallas. But that's the person that put in the uh, the question. I gotcha. So I don't know if lying is bad in IDMR or not. Uh, Who knows? Does it know. does it matter? I don't know. In IDMR when they, so de- Jesus, they deny the resurrection. So, so Jesus, I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap my head around <laughs> what what they're saying that he's not he's not God, but he no, is, but he is. What? Well, yeah. well, well, so I they think, deny the Trinity, right? I think they believe that he. That Jesus maybe was uh, Yahweh. That's why they say they're real big on the name uh-huh. Yehoshua. Or it's Yahweh saves because uh-huh. he's Yahweh. Uh-huh. But when he dies, he doesn't resurrect because okay. he's like the blueprint or the pattern of all things, the universe. Okay. So, but he just came to preach that message mm. and then okay. I guess maybe die for sin. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like what is his name? What is his name doing? Like when you say the, uh, the name a, Yeshua, what does it do? So the best I can can discern is that they do believe somehow, uh, sin, sin, you're a sinner, okay. and that if you uh, follow and learn, so they don't claim to be a religion. I think they claim to be like a school of self-discovery or something, right? So you can learn this truth of the gospel and believe and call upon that, that name uh-huh. and have your sins forgiven, and then uh-huh. one day and there'll be a new pattern, a new creation that you can participate in. Mm. Um, that's it. Yeah. There you go, George. All right. (laughs) I feel enlightened today because of this conversation. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, it's totally, I mean, completely not Christian, right? Right. It's, uh, you know, it's the Trinitarian God of the Bible is so holy and separate from his creation. Mm-hmm. He's not part of it. He upholds everything by his existence. He is the the fabric of reality. Right? But he's not he's not reality, the creation. He's not anything that's part of the physical universe. So the universe can stop existing in a millisecond and it doesn't affect him in any way. He still yeah. is who he has always been forever. But if God were to change or to stop being who He is, the universe would disappear. Yeah, because He's the foundation of everything, uh, but He's not everything. Uh-huh. And He's all. And so there's this this great v- void because of our sin. The separation is incredible. It's it's super vast. We forget about that. How holy this God is, and and how unlike anything in the ima- imagination of men, men can sit down and come up with the idea of, oh well, God is a pattern of the universe. Okay, 
there's there is one God. Men can't sit down and come up with the greatness of who God is in Himself as a Trinity. Yeah, um, it's so far um, different. God is different than the imaginations of, of men, and, 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 and so much greater than anything we could imagine. A uh, one God who has forever existed as Father. Son and Spirit. Never a time. There was never a time when the Son was not a Son, or He was not begotten by His Father. There was never a time when the Father was not a Son. There was never a time when both of them were not uh, giving of the Spirit. The Spirit is proceeding from the Father and the Son forever, for all eternity. Um. And so what? What men do under the influence, I think, by Satan is always to bring him down from that level of majesty in whatever way possible, whether saying he is the same as creation or whether denying the Trinity outright um, or saying that you yourself have are uh, a divine, all people are the divine, all people have the Christ spirit in them. They just have to get in touch with this reality. It always is to bring God down. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know if you if you saw this. <laughs> this is from I don't even know when this is from. This is from months and months ago. I saw this going around social media all over the place. This um this weird Facebook post. Um, you can pull it up on the screen. I wasn't planning on bringing this up, but I thought that eh, we're talking about it. Why not? (laughs) Listen to this. There was a moment when Moses had the nerve to ask God what his name is. God was gracious enough to answer, and the name he gave is recorded in the original Hebrew as Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. Over time, we've arbitrarily added an A and an E in there to get... Yahweh, presumably, because we have a preference for vowels. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, but scholars and rabbis have noted the later letters, Y-H-W-H, represent breathing sounds or aspirated consonants. When pronounced without intervening vowels, it actually sounds like breathing. Try it, Jay. Yeah. When I breathe, it doesn't yeah, sound yeah, like any, yeah. any, any. Yeah, that doesn't sound like it. That sound yeah. like I breathe. I don't know. I, I don't that think might, so. <laughs> it might sound like that. Like you ever like trip on ice and you hit the concrete and it, like you, you just totally blast the wind out. Yeah. Of <gasps> yeah. That, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that that don't, might that might be when it sounds like that. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so a baby's first cry, his first breath speaks the name of God. A deep sigh calls his name or a groan or gasp, such as <laughs> yeah. that is too heavy for mere words. Even an atheist would speak his name, unaware that their very breath is giving constant, constant acknowledgement to God. Likewise, a person leaves this earth with their last breath when God's name is no longer filling their lungs. So when I can't utter anything else, it's my cry calling out his name. Being alive means I speak his name constantly. So is it heard the loudest when I'm the quietest? I I don't know what that. 
In sadness we breathe heavy sighs, in joy our lungs fill almost like they will burst, in fear we hold our breath and have to be told to breathe slowly to help us calm down. When we're about to do something hard, we take a deep breath to find our courage. When I think about it, breathing is giving him praise, even in the hardest moments. This is so beautiful and fills me with emotion every time I grasp the thought. God chose to give himself a name that we can't help but speak every moment we're alive. All of us, always, everywhere, waking, sleeping, breathing with the name of God on our lips and then there's this oh my uh, goodness uh, <clears throat> yeah. um i mean i don't <laughs> i don't, I don't if, really know how to respond to that here's how um, here's how i respond if only god wanted us to know that yeah right <laughs> it'd be weird if he wrote a book and he uh just left that awesome piece of information out like this yahweh yahweh is his covenant name yeah it's his covenant name who was that who wrote that Don Mills, Don who, Mills. Who is Don Mills? I have no idea. I mean, where? I mean, he's stating facts. This is the problem with social media, right? People can state these facts, uh-huh. but they don't cite where these are coming from. They don't have any like, like where are you getting this? Uh-huh. And it sounds. It doesn't sound good to me, mm-hmm. um, but it, it sounds good to people when yeah. they read it. Um, it's filled with emotional, you know, emotionalism. You just have that emotional reaction to it. And um, it's like anything that he say actually, actually true. The, uh, is, that, is that true? Um, like I've read a lot of commentaries. I haven't run across this. He's saying, you know, rabbis and scholars, they all agree that it sounds like breathing. It's like, uh, oh, rabbis also uh, hate Jesus Christ. Ra- that's that is, like with a, that's deep, also, with that's a also deep true. hatred. Yeah, that's also Just true. Just go ahead and pull up some of the things they've written about him. Yeah, yeah, that's also true. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's like Abraham Lincoln said, don't believe everything you read on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah, um, it's like I've never run across this before until this guy passed it, and then it just blows up all over, yeah. all over social media. And it's like, I don't. I don't know where this is coming from. I don't. People this like is, this isn't helping. This is not helping. Right. Um, our it's it's emotionalism, and we get led by our emotions. And um, I just was reminded of a quote from a, a friend of ours uh, down in Texas. Mm. Um, said that emotions they make terrible leaders, but excellent followers. Right. We get we get led around by our emotions when the scriptures are sufficient. What does what does the scripture say about the name of God? What does it mean? It's his covenant name. What does that mean? He's a God of steadfast love and faithfulness. Mm. He forgives sin. He he punishes the guilty. Um we see that we see that ultimately in in what he's done in Christ. Um this this is who Yahweh is. He is the I am who never changes. Um and that's good news. Mm. Um we don't have to have this weird well, it sounds like breathing. Right. So every time I'm breathing, I'm breathing out the name of of Yahweh. Right. What's that what's that even mean? What does that even what's that accomplish? Right? Yeah. Yeah. People like the idea people like the idea of the God of the Bible. Mm. They just don't want to actually read the Bible so they can get to know who he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They'd rather have uh, the version that is can can uh, is sentimental in that fashion, in uh-huh. that way that can make them feel happy for a time or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
than to actually read read the Bible and get to know who he is. Yeah. So. Yeah. So the to to kind of summarize what we've been talking about with this this um, you know, sacred name stuff, you can trust your Bible. Yeah. The Bible contains everything that we need for life and godliness. Yeah, that's right. And we don't we don't have to pull all these um, mystical ideas or emotional ideas. Just go to the text. Yeah. If you called if you called out to Jesus Christ to save you. Yeah. Right. It's a. Uh, and you believed in him. Mm-hmm. Um, he heard, and right. you're saved. Right. 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 Yeah. Like no one, no one. When I was up on the. <clears throat> On the starting block, and they call me Harry Hones. I'm like, like, <laughs> hey, uh, you guys named you guys named that over uh-huh. here? Uh, yeah. And uh, no, so yeah, don't doubt your salvation because somebody told you you didn't call out on Yehoshua, or maybe because you weren't baptized in the name of Yahweh or Yehoshua <laughs> that you're not right. saved. Right? Uh, yeah, it's not. This isn't. This isn't magic. Uh-huh. Say by faith in right. Him. Yeah, in His works his authority yeah you know this is this is reformation month uh we're quickly approaching reformation day and and this is uh you know just a yearly reminder that when we say um sola scriptura we really mean it Mm -hmm. um the bible is sufficient it contains everything that we need um to know god and to obey him right right um and to be saved yeah. Anything, any teaching that would undermine just a regular, like, let's say just a regular Joe uh, that could go home in the evening, make himself a little coffee, sit on, you know, sit on the front porch as the sun's going down, open his Bible up mm-hmm. and read it and understand, believe it and obey. Yep. Anything that undermines that is of the devil. Right. It's it's of the devil. It's satanic. So it's the, the Bible is there. God has preserved it providentially through time to get into your hands. Mm. You can trust the Bible, um, and you can believe what God has preserved in His Word. Yeah, yeah, and and there's there's so much there that um, no one one lifetime is enough to to mine the depths of it. Mm. So we don't need to uh, spend spend your time studying God's Word and less time. Um, thinking. Well, every time I take a breath, I'm breathing the name of Yahweh. Yeah, I know. I know. When I had uh, my firstborn child, and I brought him home from the hospital, and he wouldn't stop crying for eight hours straight. I know. I was just. I was just worshiping George. Yeah. I was just worshiping. I was just saying, "Oh, he's just saying Yahweh over and over." <laughs> Filled me with such joy. No, it was in that moment when I understood why. When we left the hospital. They said, "Don't throw your baby." <laughs> I was like, "What? What are you talking about?" Uh, have a good day, everyone. <laughs> they didn't tell you that when you had your first baby. Yeah, they uh, they they gave us something. Yeah, yeah. Talking about that. Yeah, don't shake your don't shake your baby. Don't. If only I would have known. He was just 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 praising for eight <laughs> hours, eight hours straight. Could have had a different outlook. So I set him down and. Uh, and Drake is 18 years old today, or not today? <laughs> yes, today. It's not his birthday, but you get. He point. is 18. He, he is, is 18, 18 today. It's not his birthday. Today. He's an adult. Yes, <laughs> he's an adult. I gotcha. Male. Okay. 
Who wants to shut this thing down, George? You got to shut it down, oh, man. You got to do it. You got to do it. Make me do it. Got to do it every once in a while. I, okay. Every once in a while, I'll you got to do it. Hit the button. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Conform to Christ podcast. Uh, hopefully, this has been beneficial to you. Uh, we want to on Free for All Fridays. Obviously, the show is a little bit crazy, um, and that's okay. We just get to come in here and have fun talking to each other. We want to have fun, but we also do want to teach um, important truths of the Christian faith, and hopefully you can have fun while learning these truths, and hopefully they help you to become more conformed to Christ. And if it, if it is, if it has done that, please share it with your friends, maybe like and subscribe it, or even write us a, a review. That would be crazy. Guess what's in the works, guys? Possibly new cameras. So That'd maybe coming in the future, That'd be good. you'll be able to look at that beautiful beard of George in ultra crisp visuals. We'll see you next time.